things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta get doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Grace and peace, grace and peace. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology where I'm your host K-Dub and today, oh yeah, oh yeah, today is the day that we tell those who have been ducking. A lot of these Christians is ducking the smoke. I want all the smoke. Yes, but before we do that, before we do that, Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you're not, as always, click the notification bell so you can be aware for the lively pre-chat discussion and, you know, when I go live. Yes, let me just say that I have, uh, I believe, the best chat on YouTube. Give it up for the chat, All Things Theology Chat. Yo, yo. It's a pleasure to be with you guys this Tuesday night of October. Uh, looking forward to this. We are to, we are going to do a uh, debate review. Before we get into all that discussion, um, I know there have been a lot of prayer requests for Marcus Rogers, and I absolutely, um, you know, would echo that. A lot of prayer, but I also want to say this, that if God don't do it, it won't get done. You know, it's, hey, we pray, but we also are dependent upon the spirit, right? Amen. I need an amen in the chat for that one. But while you're watching, grab your favorite cold beverage. Hopefully it's a Waterloo, a non-alcoholic drink. We don't want to make nobody stumble today, right? Have your non-alcoholic drink, uh. I'll be sipping on a Waterloo. Put what you're being drinking in the chat. And sip slow, because it's going to be a lengthy one. I plan on this being part one. There will probably be part two. I don't think we will uh, get, get through all of what I have. You guys want to know how many clips I have? I have, let me do the math, carried about a two. I have about 25 clips. Right. Have about 25 clips. Probably won't get done. I, I'm hoping to shoot for half. You, I, I sometimes I gotta be along with it. But I want to start this off with reminder. Well, first of all, let me let me start off saying uh, what we're going to do today. What's the goal today? The goal is to d do a debate review, a debate review with um, Marcus Rogers and Stephen Bancarts. This debate is a debate over six years. And I know right there, some people are going to say, hey, why why are you debating? Why are you doing this debate? It's six years ago. It's old. He probably doesn't believe all this stuff. Well, not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. Let's, let's give a reminder to the people who might be new to this channel, who don't watch a lot of content, don't see all this stuff. Um, Marcus Rogers had a discussion with Ruslan where he actually refers to this debate. So let's check that out. Do you believe Jesus is eternal? Do you believe the Holy Spirit is yes. eternal? Yes or no? Yes. You believe Jesus yes. and the Holy Spirit? Okay. You, I've you believe told in the you Trinity? guys that many times. No. Uh, okay. Do you believe Bro, that the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost Go back to my video of Steve Bancars from like six years ago, and okay. I told him 
Jesus Marcus, is I eternal. Watch, I don't watch your that's videos, my, my that's guy. my problem with you guys. You misconstrued okay. the things that I said. I said from the beginning, the lamb that was slain before the foundation, that has never changed. You can go fact check it right now. Okay. I've always said that Jesus is God, Jesus is eternal. I've mm -hmm. always said that. Well, so a couple things we see from there. Um, Marcus Rogers refers to um, that debate with uh, Stephen Bankarts. That's one thing I want to highlight. Two, I want to highlight how he claims Jesus is eternal and also um, that Jesus is God. He claims that. Well, in this debate, we're going to actually see what he means by eternal and we're going to see what he means by God. I actually think the debate with Stephen Bankarts was one of the more insightful debates and discussions uh, Marcus Rogers has had. Ironically, ironically enough, it's the last time Marcus Rogers has ever put himself in a position to debate someone who is very knowledgeable about the Trinity. Shout out to Stephen Bankarts, who did an excellent job in this discussion. So. Not done with the intro because a few days ago, Marcus Rogers put up a YouTube post, uh, Facebook. Let me see. Yeah, YouTube post. And I saw I thought it was insightful because Marcus Rogers is claiming people like me are mis misrepresenting him. Let's let's read what he says. He says. Just something to think about. It has become very clear to me that some people either can't comprehend or don't want to comprehend my comment on a video I made about Jesus being a thought. Now, let that settle in your um, brain for a little bit. He says, it is not saying that he is not God or not eternal. We will respond fully to these. Right now, I'm just reading it. He says, it is very simple. Jesus is the word. And by word, he means literal words um, made flesh, but he is eternal. So what in what form did he exist before the word words word of the father was made flesh? That's it. He wasn't a human body, which no one's arguing. But, but yeah, the Bible says God is a spirit. There is no Bible that defines what Jesus was before he became flesh. Guys, I want you guys to hear what Marcus Rogers is saying. We're going to do a response on the video, but I want you to hear what he's saying. He goes on. We just know through scripture he was eternal. Now, I know that is deep thought. <laughs> Maybe it was an eternal thought. Anyways, I know that was a deep thought for some of you. Not really. <laughs> it's a heretical. Uh, it's a heretical thought. But if you think about it, it is a legitimate question. Not really. Not really. Hebrews says a body was prepared for him. Before he went into that body, what form was he in? That is all I'm asking. That's all I was asking. Well, you're not asking. There's no there's only one question mark in this, so you're not you're making a lot of statements. So even from a grammatical standpoint, I mean, come on. Anyways, he goes on to say, We just know he is eternal. For us, speaking of the modalists, <laughs> a word starts as a thought. That we then release. The word starts as a thought that we then release. Hmm. The word is in us. So some would say God is a spirit. He just is. He is big and Jesus was in him. 
then God sent the word to become flesh out of him. It's just something to think about. <laughs> Hold on. It's just something to think about it. Nobody knows what form Jesus was in. Just like nobody really knows what we're going to see when we get to heaven. When the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, is that literal or a position? If that is the case, where is the Holy Spirit? To some people's doctrines. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God in us. God said in the word over and over again, I will pour out my spirit. I will give you my spirit. Emphasis added for, you know, I see many people misrepresenting my position on that. Not that it matters, but I just wanted to bring some clarity. Great is the mystery of godliness. We cannot fit God into our little boxes. That is, This is not a heaven or hell issue. This is just one of the many things. This is just one of the things many discuss when studying the Bible. All right. Like I said, Marcus Rogers, he, he isn't saying anything new. I just thought this discussion actually... Uh, it's 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 Marcus trying to explain this to someone who's actually pushing back. Now, some of you guys are rattling your brain saying, wow, even reading that right. You're like, wow, what in the world did I just read? Well, hopefully you guys know how I do it on my channel. I, I want to challenge you in such a way to. Well, how would you respond to that? Right. How would you respond at that? Right. I, I like to challenge people to. Think about it. Think about it. You know, think about it. Um, you know, I, I I would love to have a conversation um, with. Uh, let me respond. To this this one's funny. <laughs> Why are you building your career off Marcus Rogers? Hating him with malicious intent. Well, let's let's address the first lie. Um I was on YouTube long before I knew who a Marcus or a Rogers was. Um, and disagreeing with someone is not malicious intent. Otherwise, you're being malicious in intent. You have malicious intent, right? Double standard, double standard. Yes. Um, yes, I would love to have a conversation with Marcus Rogers to put, push back on some of these things. Right? We could have a nice little battle, you know. Down the Marco. You know, it, it, it'd be a... It'd be a good exchange, you know. Shout out to my battle rap fans. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this will be insightful. Let me play this first clip. Because I think it's insightful to know Marcus Rogers background. Uh, yes. Yeah, so to be honest, the uh, the first video. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> How did I forget to do this? And by the way, if you don't like the content, if you don't like being challenged biblically, you you know, you're you're an emotional, you like a lot of entertainment, you don't want to dive deeper in the scriptures and to think about it, you know what you can do? If I make you feel some type of way. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, hey, look, I am committed to not having a large channel. Uh, I am committed to having people who want to know what the Bible says. Right. I am not trying to create a a cult where they're just following me. Hey, look, if you're convinced the Bible says something, hey, we can have a dialogue. But if you just want to do this. Oh, you're clout chasing. You're 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 in it for the money. Oh, come on, man. I, I, come on. Don't don't assume my motives. Right. Don't assume my motives. Let's let's just go down to what the text says. So 
Hey, and, 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 and I'm not the one who said this. A lot of these Christians is ducking the smoke. I want all the smoke. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, yes, yeah, so to be honest, the, uh, the first video that I did, um, it was about a year and a half ago, and when my page was getting kind of, uh, you know, up there, people started asking me for my, uh, you know, my doctrinal beliefs. I'm going to turn this air off real quick. Sorry about that, guys. They started asking me for my beliefs, the bigger my page got. So I grew up on this. I made a video uh, based off of what I know, and I believed at the time that it was a heaven or hell issue. All right. So if you heard that, Marcus Rogers confesses to growing up oneness. He grew up Pentecostal. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at some of you guys. <laughs> yeah, unfollow me. Key of E major. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If you don't like the heresy, yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's. But Marcus Rogers confesses to, you know, um, growing up oneness Pentecostal, and I think that is, I think that is key to understanding Marcus Rogers because now he doesn't want to use the language, but he hasn't abandoned the theology. He hasn't abandoned oneness theology. He hasn't abandoned Pentecostal theology. He just doesn't want the label. And you know what? That that's okay. That's okay in some sense. But he should recognize that's where he comes from. Emmanuel Shahid says he used to be in the UPCI church. So there you go. There you go. Um, I just think that's important to know his background. So without further ado, we'll get into a lot of the clips. Um, guys, brace yourself. Uh you know, because watching a lot of these, this, I, this, this debate is four hours long. <laughs> I watch every minute of it. I had to go back, right? Because I had to get the clips, make sure it's in context. I don't like misrepresenting people, right? Four hours long. And a lot of this debate had me like, say, hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. You know, it's uh, like, what's up with the theology, man? You know, so let's let's get into some of these clips. Let's I'm sure you're tired of waiting. A, a oneness would not believe that there is such a thing as God, the son. You would believe that there's one God, the father, who kind of assumed the role of of the son. He kind of this one God took on flesh and, and he wasn't a distinct person from from the father. The father just kind of wrapped him on his own self. And so uh, <clears throat> Stephen is a. Uh describing modalism matter of fact let me before before we sorry I, I meant to do this before let me actually define what modalism is by the way if you're watching get those likes up like the video let me define what modalism is uh, i'll share my screen with you so you can know as well follow along modalism also called sabellianism and there are different times uh different kinds of unitarian uh uh you know Sex, one is modalism, uh, sex like that, uh, other things like that. Also called, you know, Sabellianism is the unorthodox belief that God is one person who has revealed himself in three forms or modes in contrast to the Trinitarian doctrine where God is one being eternally existing as three persons. We'll go back to this in a second. According to modalism, during the incarnation, Jesus was simply God acting in one mode or role. And the Holy Spirit at Pentecost was God acting in a different mode. Um, 
Thus, God does not exist as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the same time. That's the you know Trinitarian. Rather, he is one person and has merely manifested himself in three modes at various times. Modalism thus denies the basic distinctiveness and coexistence of the three person of the Trinity. Now, let me explain. Let me take these off for a second. I'm going to I'm going to give you a prop <laughs> to explain modalism. That'll maybe help help you if you're like, I, I don't get I don't get that. So first. You have the father, right? The father puts on his father hat, right? <laughs> That's right. You got you got you got the father right here, right? You got the wearing wearing this, you know, playing a different role. How are you? Right. Then you have. <laughs> I feel like Mike Todd right now. Jeez. <laughs> then you have the son. Right? The son, right? What's up, guys? Right? The son. Same person. Same person. Different role. Right? <laughs> then you got the Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit. Same person. Just a different role. Just a different role. We'll go we may go back to that uh <laughs> example later. But that's modalism in a nutshell. Um now I will say this, Marcus Rogers presents contradictory views of his own position. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's let's check this out. A oneness would not believe that there is such a thing as God the Son. You would believe that there's one God, the Father, who kind of assumed the role of of the son he kind of this one god took on flesh and and he wasn't a distinct person from from the father the father just kind of wrapped him his own self in flesh and we call that um flesh father union the son or just the humanity of the incarnate father we call the son and but before we look a little bit more at some quotes i want to i want to pass some quotes by you from um dave bernard um now one of the leading uh Dave Bernard is one of the leading uh, uh, oneness uh, scholars, uh, presenter of the oneness position. He's very well known. If you watch debate, you probably heard uh, of David Bernard. And so uh, Marcus Rogers clearly knows who he is. He's going to he's going to acknowledge who he is. And uh, he agrees a lot with what he says. But yeah, oneness, uh, I guess you call them, you know, advocates. Um, right. What is it exactly that that you believe about about God um, and you know uh, Jesus? Me personally? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's your okay. position? Okay, I, I thought. It was, well, uh, my big what I believe pretty much is that um, God was always there. Obviously, He created everything, and that Jesus is God in the flesh, in the simplest simplest form. Okay, so Jesus is God in the flesh. Trinitarians also believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. Right. Um, but but your position, correct me if I'm wrong, would be that up in heaven, <clears throat> before the incarnation, so let's go back to the Garden of Eden or something, up in heaven there would be, you would say there's one God up there. I would say there's one God too, but you would say that this one God is unipersonal. It's only just one person. And that one person up there was the father. Would that be fair to say? And the father's name was Jesus. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, I believe that Jesus is the father. They're, they're all the same thing. They're just one different manifestations. So you hear that? Jesus is the father. 
So just like my example, it's not a distinct person. The father is not a distinct person from the son. And we'll, we'll dispute that here in a second to, to demonstrate how Jesus is not the father. That, that's, I mean, there's no way you can read through the Bible and come to that conclusion, especially when you get to the New Testament where that is uh, revealed for us. But let's hear him, let him finish this statement. That's right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass by a quote um, from Dave Bernard here. And this is, I want to see, you probably agree with this. Um, uh, he says, if, oh, by the way, this is young Marky Mark, right? You can tell he looks a lot younger, which obviously we get older, right? But, you know, hey, it, it's weird to watch videos of you like four years ago. You're like, wow, man, I, I really look a lot, a lot younger. <laughs> Marco was, uh, Marcus was thinner here and younger looking, so. Just to, hey, let you know when age, man. That that's a very reason. Like, man, age lets you know the prosperity gospel is a load of <laughs> garbage. But go ahead. There is only one God, and that God is the Father. And if Jesus is God, then it follows logically that Jesus is the Father. The Bible plainly states that there is only one Father. It also clearly states that Jesus um, is the one Father. So you would be in agreement then that Jesus is the name we give to the one father. And then this one father decided to take on flesh and wrap himself in flesh. And then we called this new state, the father assumed for a temporary position. We called that state, the son. Uh, what I would, I would, be, I believe that, you know, the term father is just another name for God. I believe that the term, even father and son, the, the first thing is when we try to understand God, it's, it's just too, to really truly understand him, that's impossible for us. So I believe that God allowed, you know, terms to be in the Bible where we can kind of get a better under, understanding of it. And, um, you know, David Bernard and all those guys, I don't want to go off what they, you know, what they say. So for me, the best thing for me to do is just, you know, explain exactly, you know, what I believe, how I see it, you know. What I'm, what I'm going to do is go back to that clip, just to remind everybody. To go back to the is God in the flesh. Trinitarians also believe up in heaven, God up there. I would say there's one God too, but you would say that this one God is unipersonal. It's only just one person. And that one person up there was the father. Would that be fair to say? And the father's name was Jesus. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, I believe that Jesus is the father. They're, they're all the same thing. They're just one different manifestations. So there you go. Jesus is the father, according to Marcus Rogers. Now, I've, I've, I've done videos on this. I see someone who brought up uh, Matthew 3, uh, Jesus' baptism, clearly distinguishes the son from the father. And I've heard the craziest ways around that text, right? Um, but notice what Marcus Rogers appeals to. Oh, well, we can't understand God. You know, uh, we can't really know who he is. But you just got done explaining what you think um, God is. But so that's contradictory to to go on and say that after you just got done explaining who God is. Let me go to a verse because I think, I believe this verse is very relevant. Let me share my screen here. Um, because Marcus Rogers um, brings this text up as um, evidence for his position. But if you actually look at the text, it's contradicting what Marcus Rogers is saying. Let's examine this. John 8, uh, verse 13 through 18. I'll read it all. I'll read it all. It says, So the Pharisees said to him, uh, that is Jesus, um, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. 
uh, let me give context to this in the law of, of, of scripture, right? There's a law written that there must be two, two or more, right? To back up a claim, right? You can't just say something about yourself, right? There has to be a, another witness. And this is the context of what is being brought out to Jesus. They're accusing him of, bro, you're just a singular witness. There's no one else agreeing with you. It's just you, right? <laughs> Notice the, the, the man, 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 if you read a lot of the scriptures, it's like, if, when you really get it, you like, this is a masterful argument that's being brought out. There's many examples of, of, of Paul, Jesus, uh, you know, and, and God himself all does it obviously every time he speaks, right? <laughs> um, verse 14, Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. And what does he appeal to? Well, him being in heaven. Notice what he says. For I know where I came from. Now, notice Jesus does not say, I know where I came from. And the conclusion is he came from the father's mind. We'll get to that later. He says, I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge. Notice this. Notice this. Guys, if you pay attention to this verse, the modalism is shot. It is not I alone who judge, but I and the father who sent me. Wow. Wow. You check that out. There's a th notice. He appeals to another. It is not I. Right. But I and the father. Wow, this text is amazing. Uh, he goes on, verse 17, In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. And notice what he says, I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. So that is two distinct persons. Remember, he said two. This is different from another, meaning they're not the same person. Very clear. You cannot miss this. Only when you have a tradition that you are importing it to the text, it makes it hard and difficult to read certain texts like this. Read certain texts like this. Yeah, somebody somebody said it. Who did it? God did. Yes, absolutely. Right, so Jesus is not the Father. He is someone other than, right? He, it's, it's not he alone in the sense of personhood. So, so clear. So clear, wrap up the video, we're done, right? <laughs> that should end the modalism debate. Unfortunately, it does not. Would you agree that um, that the Son of God, that the person that walked on the earth 2,000 years ago, um, what would you say about identifying? Now, I want you guys to listen to this. And I also want you to listen to Renew My Ministries. He's he's encouraging guys to like and share. I, I totally agree. Like and share the video. Don't be stingy. <laughs> Receive those likes. Yes. Um, I guys, I want you to listen because remember in the in the beginning, he states he believes Jesus is eternal. OK, we're going to see what he means by. Eternal, exactly. Is the son eternal? Gloria Cabrera, she states, why do you dislike Marcus so much? Well, I don't dislike him. I don't know much about him personally. I dislike his theology. What he teaches is destructive. 
Um, so it, I don't have any personal qualms against Marcus Rogers himself. I don't know too much about him. So I, I don't know much about him to dislike him. But his theology he teaches is destructive. And we as Bereans need to um, think about what people are saying in light of scripture. So, ah, the man is here. The man himself. Grace and peace, everyone. Mr. Rick Caldwell Apologetics. You have to subscribe to Rick Caldwell Apologetics. If you want content similar to this, follow, subscribe to do the opposite of the unfollow me to Rick Caldwell. <laughs> his flesh nature as as the son, the son of God, the son of man, and his deity as the father. Well, the Bible says, uh, it never says eternal son anywhere. And in First Peter... I want to address that claim. Marcus Rogers says, nowhere in the Bible does it ever call, say, eternal son. The son is not called eternal. Okay. Marcus Rogers does not know his Bible very well because yes, it does. There are a few references. I'll give you one. I will just give you one. Let's share our screen again. Hebrews chapter one. And guys, I want you guys to, uh, when, when I'm doing these things, uh, doing these uh, videos and bringing up scripture, I want you to follow along with your scripture because that's, man, it's like, man, it's like if I open up my, my Bible, that helps me remember it. People are like, how do you remember a lot of scriptures? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but that's one l little way that helps me. So I would encourage you to do the same, uh, to open up your Bible so that you will be able to better remember some of these texts and that you will be able to use them. Gloria says, everyone thinks they are right when it comes to the Bible. Why not just pray for each other? Why didn't you just pray for me? You just thought you were right that I was hating, disliking. Uh, yeah, very interesting. But anyways, we'll go to the text. Um, it says, let's start at verse. Let's start at verse seven. And, and I have two through 11 up because later I'm going to reference this verse. But uh, I, I want you to see this first. Let's. Um, it says, oh yeah, there we go. There we go. See it better guys. It says, but of this, of, of the angels, this is God speaking of the angels. He says, he makes his angels wings, winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, note, who is this about? This is of the sun, right? Remember the claim. The claim was that Jesus was not eternal. Jesus nowhere was claiming to be eternal. Nowhere was said to be eternal. Right? That was the claim. Verse 8. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Now, some people may, that's not eternal. Okay. We'll keep going. Because it actually says something that is undeniable. Right? Undeniable. Um. Right. Your throne. Oh, God. Speaking of the sun. Let me, uh, you know, you, people do super chats. I definitely read them and put them on the screen. My man, Jeffrey Owusu. Owusu. Yeah, that's right. Jeffrey Owusu. Just because certain terminologies are in the Bible, that doesn't mean that the concept doesn't exist. Marcus, unfortunately, refuses to see that. Jeffrey, you are right. False teachers calling other false. <laughs> Okay. Okay, uh, Uncle Unc. Let me get back to the text. 
Um, but of the son, he says, your throne, O God. Notice the son is called God. And the son is said to be forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. That's speaking of the son. Continues on. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And notice verse 10. And you, Lord of the sun still, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you, the sun, remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Bet you won't sit down with me. <laughs> Do you have amnesia? We literally had a debate. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh, yes, the sun is eternal right there. He's forever and ever. He does not perish. He won't wear out like a garment. He has an everlasting kingdom. He created the world in the beginning. Not a thought, as Marcus Rogers goes on to say, created. Jesus is literally called eternal right there. But Marcus says, nowhere is the son called eternal. Nowhere. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, 120, it says, who verily was ordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifested in these times for you. Revelations 13, 8 says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So because we know that God, the creator is the Alpha Omega beginning and the end, and he was all knowing what this tells me here in these two verses, it says he was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world. So before the world was even created, God already had Jesus, the son in mind. Um, so even though he wasn't a eternal being, it was more that he was an eternal thought because God was all knowing. And he's now, none of those verses actually said what he said. Let's go to him. Let's go to him. Uh, he brought up first Peter one, uh, 20. We'll read from 1920. It says, uh, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Now, um, <laughs> this does not mean Jesus was a, a thought and he was just being thought about. Ultimately, I would argue this is speaking of Christ's work, um, was predestined. It was not a plan B. This is not saying this has nothing to do with Jesus being a thought in the father's mind. Nothing to do with that. Manifest does not mean, uh, what he thinks it means. It, it means to be revealed. This was not this was something that was not known before to us. Right. But notice it was manifest. It was revealed. Right. It was re it was manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Right. Not not a thought. A, a person who had conscious right existence and awareness of himself. Jesus was not a thought. How did he get that from this verse? There's no way you can read this verse and say, huh, what's being said is Jesus was just a thought prior to the incarnation. That's not what was said at all. This is speaking to, and I, oh, wow, this comment is, expresses everything. I would, six years and Marcus has not grown spiritually. <laughs> six years and Marcus still using the terrible same arguments 
terrible straw mans of the Trinity position, which we will see later. Yeah, six years in this. Oh, J.E., you don't have to be here. You, you, you clearly don't like what I'm doing. Hey, I, I, I got something for you while you, while you leave. <laughs> if I make you feel some type of way. You just sit here and complain. Don't watch the content if you don't like the content. I I don't know what to tell you, right? Let's continue on with our video. J.E. can make his video that he wants to do. And they that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. And the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. So before the, before the foundation of the world, God already knew. He already had a plan that the lamb would have to be slain. And so he quotes, now he quotes, uh revelation 13 8 let's get there sorry yeah yeah let's let's pull that up revelation 13 8 it says and all who dwell on earth will worship it and everyone whose name was not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the lamb was who was slain so obviously this verse is speaking about I, this is a common verse i use to go to show that Jesus' death was predestined. It was not an accident. It was not the plan B. It was not a potentiality for happening. No, the, the, the lamb was predestined to happen, to die for sinners, right? Even before sin. Amazing when you think about that. That's a whole nother video. Marcus goes to use this verse to say, see, Jesus was crucified for the foundation of the world. See, he's a thought. That That is, talk about reading into the text talk about eisegesis into the text there'd be no way you'd be able to read that right but when you have a tradition you can read a text that literally says the opposite of what you said and still be so blind i'm going to show a clear example of that later clear example but let's continue this is one of those areas where I believe people get confused because they try to put God in this human box and understand him. But we know that that's what he's doing. What is more humanistic than saying Jesus was a thought? <laughs> right. What's more humanistic than that? What's more paganistic than that? God exists out of time and space. That's why a thousand years is only as a day to him. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, people get confused. It wasn't that the son was always um you know eternal like in a physical form which is one of the things that i want to question about it was just now the trinitarians aren't saying that no trinitarian is arguing that jesus had a physical body and mark marcus rogers can't seem to accept that and that's going to be a, a question he asked over and over to stephen bankart will you have an answer to my question about jesus having a body or not even though he did so that God is all knowing, so he already had this all planned out and worked out. If we look at Genesis 1, uh, 26, that's one of the verses Trinitarians always like to use. Uh, they, they say that God said, let us make man in our image. Now, the thing is, if he had said the father said, let us make man in our own image, that would be a whole different story. But it says God. Well, no, it wouldn't make a, a difference because Marcus, Marcus doesn't understand the nuance of the word even God. Sometimes when the God is used, speaking of the Father, sometimes the Son, sometimes of the Spirit, and sometimes collectively, right? Because they're, uh, uh, they can be called one, and because and uh, what do you call it? the word, 
God can sometimes be used uh, from a got to be careful when you speak of the God, right? Language like this. Um, I see it. I see it. I see a comment. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, it, it can be used uh, singular as well as plural. Right. Uh, says. I'm loving the way you're dehumanizing this man. Now, I haven't said anything dehumanizing by Marcus Rogers. I just simply disagree with him. That brings me to a point. We're such in a bad state, theologically in the West, in America, to where you disagree with someone and you're hating, you're clout chasing. Why are you bashing him, right? Similar comments we get here all the time, just by disagreeing. I'm not calling Marcus Rogers ugly, uh, idiot, none of those things. Simply disagreeing with this man's theology <laughs> necessitates some of these things. Uh, Marcus uh, Caldwell Apologetics, Marcus requires that personhood necessitates a physical body. That's absolutely right. That's right. Um, dudes fear me so much they keep blocking me. <laughs> that one's blocked you, bro. <laughs> that one's blocked you. Relax. But yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Marcus Rogers doesn't understand the. He, he has he has a very simplistic understanding when it comes to uh, theology. And he imports that theology to others. So when you don't accept his simplicity. You're just you're complicating things. Right. Judging others is fun. Well. It's biblical. The Bible tells us to judge. But I know you listened to Tupac growing up and not Jesus, but it's all right. And they believe that, you know, the little Trinitarian diagram that, you know, you have the Father, Holy Spirit, and the Son making up one God. So it's saying that God said, let us make man in our image. That means that that triune God, if that's what they believe, would have to be speaking to another person, not to each other. It would be different if the Father said, hey, let's make man in our own image. And then if you read the next verse down, it pretty much says singular and 27. And that's a verse that people skip. It says, yeah. so God created human beings in his own image, singular. So he ignores the, the plural and goes to the singular. No, I'm saying we should understand that together. And I say and that my argument to that is God can be referred to as a singular being, but also because he is three person. It's no it's no uh, contradiction if God is referred to as plural. Because there, there is a plurality in in God, in God, in the Godhead, Father, Son, Spirit. They're distinct from another, and so he has no he 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 just ignores or dismisses. Well, if you believe that, then they had to be speaking to someone else. Well, no, that's absurd. That's not a, that's not an actual answer to the question. <laughs> and yes, we do have our our diagram. I believe this is a helpful diagram to understand what we're saying and what we're not saying. Um, yeah, Oscar, he hopscotched around that verse and we're not done with the hopscotch. We're not done with the hopscotch. So, uh, like I said, we're, we're just getting started as far as under this, some of this stuff while well, 45 minutes in and I have only played uh, three of the clips. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, let's get, let's get busy. Right. So my question about that is. My question is, what do you believe? Like, when I go to heaven, am I going to see a father, a Holy Spirit, and a son, a father and a son, or just one being up there? Well, the, 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 it tells us in Acts chapter 7, uh, I want to say, yeah, Acts 7. Now, watch the, watch his, well, 
I don't put his answer, but because he ends up denying. He goes on a long tangent after this, but he has to deny this. Watch this. Um, when Stephen was stoned, he got a glimpse of it. Uh, the, the, the sky opened up and he said, behold, I'll, I can give the quote. He says, I see. Uh, I'll go to it right now. I got, I, got, I got the verse already pulled up. All right. It's uh, Acts 7, 55, 56. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him. Now, remember I just said, there are some people who can read the verse, read the verse and still deny what it's saying, right? Remember, in modalism, the son only exists during the incarnation. The, the, the son isn't now, and that's not the mode, right? It's the father, or some will say the spirit, but the son was only at the incar during the incarnation, the 33 years, right? So if you can demonstrate the son existing prior to the incarnation or after in heaven, that refutes modalism. And the text he read refuted modal modalism. Let's uh let's uh go to it. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 55 through 56. Remember, I told you guys, uh, have your Bible going along as well. But he, speaking of Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, right? And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. So here you have two distinct persons beside one another. Like it just, just amazing. Just, just Stephen seeing it just, just amazing. Right. Just amazing that, uh, but Marcus Ryder says, ah, now his response to this is, oh, it's it's just a vision. It's just a vision and it's not two distinct people. It's just one person. Well, okay, well, I don't know how you read that and see. I'm not sure how you read that and see that. <sighs> Why don't you guys take a little break, have a little sip of your non-alcoholic beverage. You know, uh... Just, just have a, have a. Hope you're enjoying the battle. You know. This is what we're here for. We're, we're here to think critically. You know uh, about these things, and so. Uh, let me. Most honest theologians believe that the right hand of God signifies authority. Yeah, and I, and I believe that as well. But here you, 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 you clearly see that. Uh, G, uh, Jesus, uh, Stephen is seeing. He's seeing God. The heavens were open up. Um, anyways, anyways, so, all right, let's get to our next clip. John, John, John 14, 16 uh, through 18, it says, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Now you notice how I said people can read a text and it actually refute what they're saying. This is another one. Let's go back. Just, I just, I just want you to hear this. John, no. John, John 14, 16 uh, through 18, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you. I, this is Jesus talking, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. 
So we know in Acts 2.38 that the Holy Spirit came. And right there, that let, lets us know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one and the same. And earlier you said that um, no, nobody had seen the Father, but Jesus told Philip, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Obviously, we know the Bible says, I am the Father. I'm going to uh, address the first text he brought up. And I'm going to let uh, Stephen Bancars address the second text he brings up. So we're going to tag team this. So Marcus Rogers reads John 14. 16 through 19 he says see jesus says he's the father let's read the text right it says did he address the acts 7 text not really not really he one of his answers was he just believes it's a vision okay that's fair uh let's go to this john 14 16 through 19 it says and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth. So uh, Marcus claim was, see, Jesus has asked the father to give a helper and he sends himself the spirit. Right. But that's not actually what it says. <laughs> he says, I will ask the father and he will, he, the father will give you another helper. We're going to look at this word, another in the Greek in a second to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and you will be, he will be and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Um, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. Um, <laughs> Jewel says about Stephen's vision, maybe Marcus Rogers places low value on personal revelations from God because he deletes his after 24 hours. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, Fran, haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. Uh, yes, that's right. But notice what it says in this text. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. Another. It's another. To be with you forever. Right. Notice what it says. Uh, we're going to look at that word, other, uh, which is alos in the Greek. Uh, let me share my, sh yeah, let me share my, oh, that's not what I'm sharing. Yeah, yeah, right here. Look at this. Um, another of the same kind, different, right? Other, another of more than two, different. Another of the same kind. Yes. The spirit is another of the same kind. Yeah. He shares the same essence. Right. It cannot be Allah's. If it's the same person, that's not another. It's the same. That is the wrong word being used. Right. It's not actually helpful. Let's actually look at some other texts that which use the word Allah's other and ask ourselves, is this the same thing? Or a different thing. Right? And having been divinely warned, warned in a dream not to return to Herod, by another route they withdrew into the country of them. Now, is this the same route or another? Clearly, it's a, it's a, it's an another. It's another. It's different. It's not the same. Right? Oh, oh hold on. <laughs> I probably got... All right. Um... Yeah, yeah. Let's go to another. 
And having gone on from there, he saw others, you know, two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee. So from Marcus Rogers interpretation, we would have to include James, the son of Zebedee and John, the brother are the same person. Right. But that would be absurd. One more. One more. This will be a this will be a good one. <laughs> this will be a good one here. Uh, I have to say to you not to resist the evil person. Instead, whoever you shall strike on the right cheek of you, turn to him also the other. So Marcus Rogers will have us conclude it's the same cheek being slapped. Which is absurd, which is absurd. <laughs> Someone got it. <laughs> so random things that pop in your head. It's crazy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your other right. <laughs> that's right. Your other right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Get those likes up. Other likes, not the same likes. <laughs> I lost. I lost likes. That's right. Um, man, like I said, it should be over right there. Should be over right there. One, he asked Philip, you know, how could you be with me so so long and ask, show us the Father. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. How would you okay. interpret that? Can I answer the, the question of if you see me, you've seen the Father? Of course. Okay, so John 14, 9, um, Jesus says, uh, you know, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, how can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus tells us in the next verses um, why he says this, right? He says in verses 10 to 11, do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his right. work. Believe me that I am in the Father. He doesn't say that I am the Father. He doesn't say that a single time in the entire New Testament. He says, right. believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. There's a mutual indwelling. Or else believe the account of the works themselves. Well, I wouldn't say that's a manifestation. We're going to look at how Jesus is his own distinct person in other verses. But I want to answer this question about whoever's seen me, seen the Father. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible says that so Jesus says, whoever seen me is in the Father. And he's saying that because he tells us because the Father indwells him. So the Bible also says that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us over and over again in Scripture. That doesn't, right. mean, that doesn't mean that we are all Christ. That's that means right. we are indwelt by Christ. That, that's right. Marcus indicates that, well, the Son dwells in the Father. They are one. Well, if that's your argument for that's why they're the same person, then you would have to conclude we're all the Father. Because Christians are said to have the spirit dwelling in them. Right? That doesn't make us the father. The church is called one with God, with Jesus. That doesn't make us the father. Right? That's absurd. That's absurd. It's, it, it just refuted his position. Again. Again. Got another God, Jesus standing next to God, and we, we're already agreeing that Jesus is fully God. So, was it God standing next? Now, I want you guys to pay attention to this. Now, we won't get into this, we won't get into it in this video, but I want you to hear what he just said. God, Jesus standing next to God, and we, we're already agreeing that Jesus is fully God. So, Marcus states, Now, if you see my short, you saw how this dude he's contradicting himself. Marcus states that the father or Jesus is fully God. He's going to go on later to deny that explicitly. 
explicitly. But I want you I want you to remember some, sometimes we don't remember what people say and they say something new and it just goes over our head. Like, man, when you watch debates, sometimes, hey, it's OK to if you're not one who's who's like engaged, like right. Stop writing down stuff. OK, he said this. So when he says it, it says something different, you're like, wait a second. You, you say this. You, you you'll be the one that says this. Say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. You would know. Wait a minute. You said something very uh, different earlier, right? Now, I just want to put that needle, a pin in your thought, um, right? That he claims right here, Jesus is fully God, right? Well, I just want to press that in your mind. But for next video, we do. God, Jesus standing next to God. And we, we're already agreeing that Jesus is fully God. So was it God standing next to God? And if that's the case, where was the Holy Spirit in, in that picture if it wasn't more than just a vision? And, uh, you know, father, standing on the... The, the, uh, the Father, who is God, who is uh, most often referred to as Theos in the New Testament, was standing next to Jesus, um, who is most often identified... It doesn't, say, it doesn't say Father. It doesn't say that. It says... He was standing next to God. Now, if, he, if it had said father, that would have been a whole different conversation. Okay, but you have to interpret when it says God, what is it referring to? Because, I mean, hopefully this wouldn't be a, a big point that he would disagree with, that sometimes when God is used, it's referring of the father, sometimes the son, sometimes the spirit. So you can't just, well, it doesn't say the father. Well, we have to interpret what it means. Now, contextually, it that's what it's talking about. It's speaking of the father. Why would that have been a whole different conversation? Because just like in the beginning, when uh, Trinitarians like to use the verse, let us make man in, uh, in our own image. So who's, right? the God, who's the God, so you, who's the God that, that Jesus is standing beside? Now, if you think he's ever going to, answer that question he never does not in this whole debate he doesn't but check out what he does say he, he just deflects watch the, watch the deflection the question was okay so who is he who is the son standing next to let's see if he actually answers that direct question right that that's what i'm saying to me that that is a vision because if you're you, you still haven't clarified if you're going to see three different people in heaven yeah, that's vision. But what are we going to see in heaven? That's not an answer to what I just said. Now you just asked another question. Yeah, I did. I said, I, I said that we're going to see, we're definitely going to see Jesus Christ in his glorified body. Um, right. The Father, by definition, from Jesus is spirit and is invisible. So I'm not sure in what sense we're going to see the Father. So this is a big argument for Marcus Rogers. Who are we going to see in heaven? And if you and if a Trinitarian cannot say Father, Son, and Spirit, then apparently Marcus Rogers is like, see, you don't know. Therefore, the Trinity is false. That's 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 silly and asinine. That's absurd. Even if we were to prove, uh, so here's my position on who we are to see in, in heaven. I believe we will only see the Son. Am I dogmatic on that? No, I'm not. But Stephen Bancar told a similar position that the Father and the Spirit are invisible. The Son is not. Um, and so my position is that we will only see the Son.
But saying we'll only see the son does not mean that the spirit and the and the father does not exist. That's absurd. But that is largely his argument during this debate. That's one he sticks on and harps on. Like that's majority of his reasoning. But it's absurd. Even if we can only see the son does not con conclude that there is that they are the same b person. That's a, that's that's not good reasoning and logic. Um, he says the father cannot be seen. But what about the what about the Holy Spirit? We're the whole the Holy Spirit is also uh, an unembodied mind by definition as a spirit and therefore not visible in the sense that. I, so I you're saying you're, so what you're saying right now is we, we're not we don't in your mind. You don't know how we're going to see the father because he's a spirit. You're not sure the Holy Spirit, the same, pretty much the same thing. The only thing that you're guaranteed that you're saying that you know that you're going to see for sure is the son. But the other two, it's kind of. That's right, because the Bible does not reveal that to us. So this might be shocking to Marcus Rogers, but we go with scripture. We are bound by scripture. Um, I mean, how can you see an invisible uh, person? I mean, maybe we'll be given eyes to see, maybe, but I, that's why I say the only thing we know for certain is we will see the sun. Um, so, so yeah. Up in the air because you're not sure. I know that they're going to be there and we're going to interact with them as distinct persons, but I'm not sure if they have a, a visible manifestation in heaven. I, I, I don't feel confident to say from scripture that they would have a visible manifestation in heaven, but I'm not sure. I just know that from what, from what I'm working with... My point is in Genesis 1:26, it says, God said, let us make man in our own image. And Acts 7, 55, 56, when Stephen looked up, it doesn't say, uh, so the the father, it doesn't say that the father was sitting on the throne. It says God was sitting on the throne. So if you believe that Jesus is fully God in the flesh, that would mean that if it's not a vision and we're supposed to take that literal, that Stephen would have just had a vision of Jesus and the slain to glorify uh, in his uh fleshly body that would mean that you're saying that god is going to be standing next to god and where's the holy spirit and then you've also said that you're not sure how we're going to see the father and how we're going to see the holy spirit but you know that we will see jesus yeah <laughs> yeah man uh, again even if what he said was true it's not it does not refute the trinity let's say we see all three there let's say we only see one there like, like I'm not tell I'm not telling people to be dogmatic on this issue. I mean, this is what I believe. Um, let me use Marcus Rogers' language, but it's not a heaven or hell issue, right? <laughs> um, but I believe we will see only the sun. I mean, the only the sun had a body. Only the sun, um, you know. And so that that's my position. Look. I, you know, pray about it, study it for yourself, <laughs> uh, and let me know what you think. Uh, Gloria says, "What is Marcus' point?" Yeah, exactly. His point is, well, if you only if you only believe, you're only going to see one person. That refutes the Trinity. That that seems to be his point, but it's absurd. It's it's just like I just want to play Saint Westbrook to that. Like, what, bro? What are you talking about? You know, man? I just want to be like. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way that's your argument. Ain't no way. Yes, uh, Alfonso says, I'm not understanding his objections. You know what, Alfonso? I don't think he's understanding what he's really objecting to. That is not a good argument that the Trinity isn't true. Uh, 
he is fixated on this question. Yeah, for bad reasons. But let's go on to the next because it gets more interesting. The issue, what it's ultimately going to come down to, and this will help us answer the original question of why is this a salvific issue, um, <clears throat> is the son, by definition, since it refers to his this temporary human form that the father assumed, um, the son could not have existed into the past. He couldn't have pre-existed. And other than as existing as a kind of thought or plan in the father's mind. So here's a quote from, from David Bernard, which you would agree with. Um, Wait, we, you're, you're saying, you're, sorry, I apologize. I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You're saying that that's what your stance is, that the sun couldn't have existed? That's what, your, that's what yours is. Mine is that the sun no, existed. No, no, no. That, that's, 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 that's not my stance. The, the sun was always there, but not... Now, remember earlier when I played him saying that the sun is not... Because remember he objected saying, where is the sun called eternal? So Marcus Rogers, what he'll do, you have to be careful for the bait and switch. He'll argue for two positions, co contradictory positions, opposite positions, might I add. When you show him one of those isn't true, he'll just go to the other position. What you have to do is show Marcus, you're arguing for two things. Which one do you want to settle on? See, this is why I don't think he'll, he'll have a conversation with me, because I will press a little more. I will challenge a little more and say, Marcus, you're contradicting yourself. In one position, you're saying the sun isn't eternal. Then in the next, you're saying, well, he is eternal just as he thought. Right. Remember, he asked the question, the sun is nowhere called eternal. If I knew which one it was, uh, I would play it. I think I do, but maybe I'll play it in a little bit. Maybe I'll play it after this section. As an actual, which you guys haven't even really told me yet if it's a, a body, a spirit, or anything like that. The sun was always in God's mind. From the beginning of the time, beginning of time, he's the alpha and omega, beginning and end. He knew that when he created man, they were going to mess up. That's so, why Jesus, he so, so Jesus existed in the same way that you existed, as a plan. First Peter, first, well, well, say that again? So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, existed in the Father in the same way that you existed in the Father as an eternal plan. Yes, First Peter one twenty. He said, "Who verily?" So notice, he asked him, "Jesus existed in the Father's mind the same way you existed," and he says, "Yes." Here's the only conclusion you can come out of that: everybody's eternal, right? If Marcus, if what Marcus is saying is true, then everybody is eternal, which is ludicrous. Yes, Lisa. So you're saying Marcus is a heretical heretic. He doesn't even have the sound. <laughs> he doesn't even have sound heresy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not even consistent with his heresy. Right. Marcus says uh, he admits to. Uh, Jesus is eternal the same way we are eternal in the father's mind. Then that makes everybody eternal. Which. Which which is absurd. Then that means there's no, see. You have to, you know, there's a theology that uh, speaks about, uh, Van Til called it, uh, God, God is God, right? God being other than. The, be careful of theologies that put God and man on the same level. Jesus is eternal in a thought, just like we are eternal in a thought. With the Father who's eternal. Everybody's eternal along with God, apparently. That's that's just that's that's crazy. That's absurd. But this is this is the uh, 
doctrine of Marcus Rogers. It's not consistent. Tell Marcus he don't want the smoke. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Yeah. Boy, ain't no way, boy. A lot of these Christians is ducking the smoke. That's I right. want all the smoke. That's right. That's right. He he wants the smoke, but he can't he can't even have a co coherent doctrine of God's eternality without including man in it. A thought is not a a, a thought does not make something actually eternal. We're going to get into that in a bit, but hold that hold that dial. <laughs> Foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these times for you. God had foreordained him before the foundation of the world. And then we see again in Revelation 6 and 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are written in the book of life of the Lamb seen from the foundation of the world. Before the world was even created, God already knew that the Lamb was going to be slain before I, the I foundation. Know. That's world. right, but that doesn't mean that the lamb didn't exist as a, a distinct person alongside the father just because the father foreordained something. He foreordained stuff involving people on earth. He foreordained the crucifixion of his son. He how, would he have, how would he have to foreordain the son if the son was always there? I, I just don't understand the question. What do you think foreordination means? Notice he's denying right there the eternality of the son. And In one second, he's like, yeah, he's an eternal thought. Then he says, then he switches and says, well, why would the son have to be foreordained if he was always there? That is a denial of the eternality of the son. Let me explain that. Let me answer it. When it speaks of the foreordination of Christ, Christ being foreordained, being predestined, it's speaking of in context about the cross. If you go and read the verse above, it's speaking about the cross. Uh, that's what's in context. You know what else is being foreordained? Every, everything is foreordained by God. That doesn't make everything eternal. The cross was foreordained. That doesn't mean wood is eternal. God foreordained, uh, predestined uh, the Jews. It, it doesn't mean they are eternal. That, it is absurd. But Marcus wants to appear. Well, your view is just complex. No, your view is actually the one that's just simplistic, overly simplistic. To the point it makes no no meaning of the text. Like, I, I, it's sometimes sometimes I'm you're left speechless. It's it's so hard to understand to under uh, respond to these arguments because you're like, I have no clue how you would even get that. Right. I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um. Let's keep going on. Let's keep going on. We'll we'll do a few more. I am currently, <laughs> I'm about to play uh, uh, clip eight. We have 23. There's no way we're going to get done with this. That's why I say we're going to have to do uh, part two. We're going to do part two. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like It's like God is speaking of himself as a plural. Who is the father speaking to if he's saying, let us make man? Who's the R? Who is he speaking to when he's? Great question, Stephen, Stephen Bankart. Who is the R? God is speaking to when he says, or us, let us make man in our image. Yeah. Who, who is he speaking to? Now, Marcus never answers this question. When he's that's, saying, what I'm, that's what I'm asking you. It would be one person in the Godhead, Yahweh, speaking to another person in the Godhead, Yahweh, saying, let us make man in our image. Maybe it's the spirit 
speaking to the sun. Maybe it's the thought, the sun. And that's my point. That's your interpretation. That's like, to me, that's a man's interpretation trying to understand God. But if you go down to 27, it says, so God created human beings in his own image, his singular. It doesn't say in our own image. It says in the image of God, he created them. And then, and then, and then man, and then man falls and he says, and then Yahweh says, the Lord says, uh, man has become like one of us. So who is the us? Is that the father speaking to the son as a thought in his own head? When you when you say that when you say it's that this is what I'm, this is what I'm, I feel like you guys have, uh, haven't really still yet. He's a trying guy. Notice he keeps going back to the drawing board. Bancars ask him when the when God says let let us they have be, uh let us make man in our own image. Um. How do you respond to that? And he says, yeah, yeah. Back to my question. You haven't explained who we're going to see in heaven. Why do you keep going back to that when I asked you a question about God saying, let us make man? Who's the us? Who's the our? You haven't actually explained the text. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I know some people say, uh, you know, it's referring to angels there. I am not a fan of that position because I don't believe we are made in the image of angels. Um, I don't think that is consistent with the biblical revelation when he says, let us make man in our image. I don't believe the angels created man, but that would be a, a, a conclusion you have to draw from from that text. When he says, let us make man in our image. Well, the, the angels didn't make man, <laughs> nor is the angels in. Um, uh, like I said, I. I, I don't want to derail from this video. Most of us are in line with that. But uh, like I said, he just dismisses Bancard's question, his argument, uh, and says, well, um, my drawing board, <laughs> my my complex drawing board that you have no question, answers for. Well, first of all, let's say I didn't answer that. You didn't actually deal with what Bancard said. All individual minds. Right? That's right. Then, if 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 they speak as they speak as one, nowhere, nowhere they can, in the Bible, they, they, can, they can speak in as one in the plural, or they can speak as one in the singular. And because the fullness of the divine nature exists totally and completely and fully in each one of them, they're speaking as Yahweh when they're speaking in the singular, because each one of them are identified and called Yahweh in the New Testament. Wouldn't it just be simpler to say that they're one? That's what, that's what it seems not to be making. What, what, wouldn't it just be simpler to say? <laughs> uh, that's what you, as, as as theologians, we do the exegesis. We do the hard work uh, as we study these things. Uh, wouldn't it be simpler? That's not how you get, because what, what did uh, Paul say? What did Peter say? There are some things, speaking of Paul's writings, that are hard, hard to understand. He should have just gone to uh, Paul. Wouldn't it just be simpler to say it like this? That's not how you do theologies. Just going and saying, well, if your your if your belief is hard or is it's you know maybe there's some hard things to understand, it's not true. That's not how you come away with uh, theology. That's not how you study theology. Well, that that sounds complicated, so it's not true. You're not actually engaging in answering the question. Um. 
Let's see. Let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll do another. David Bernard says this. We have already discussed that the Son of God refers to the humanity of Jesus. Now, since the Son of God, the Son of God, quotations, refers to the humanity or deity manifest in humanity, the idea of an eternal Son is incomprehensible. The Son of God had a beginning. The Son was begotten on a specified day and time. And I quote, there was a time when the Son did not exist. Yes, in the in the in the human in the human form, it, we read that in First Peter one twenty was manifested these things for you. Well, we agree that he didn't always exist in the flesh. We we he had pre existence before he incarnated. Yeah. So, Marcus Rogers seems to indicate that. Um, he seems to think we're arguing that the when we say the sun is eternal, that the son had a body that was eternal. That's not what we're saying. That's why he keeps going to the, to the passage in Hebrews, this body that was prepared. We're not arguing that the body is eternal. Um, so I, he, he keeps going back to that argument. Yeah. We're not arguing that the son had a body that was eternal, but he existed prior to his body, to him becoming incarnate. That is very clear. Let's uh, let's see what else. Let's uh, uh. Um, but listen to this. This is the Antichrist. He who denies. Oh, right here, right here. This is good. Why is the doctrine of the Trinity essential? I thought Bancars did an excellent job right here. Uh, excellent. But let's let's hear the argument. Um, but listen to this. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the son no one who denies the son has the father whoever confesses the son has the father also so the word the is called an article and this article is an identification marker of uh of a subject namely the son and the father it precedes at both times the father the son so it says that we must affirm both father and the son not the father and the father not the father and the flesh of the father's manifestation that we're going to call the son, right. but the father and the son. If you do not confess the son, you do not have the father. If you believe in oneness, the son is not a separate person from the father, but is simply the title given to a temporary flesh mask or manifestation that the father is wearing. You cannot confess the son as a distinct person. You can only confess the temporary human nature of the father. It doesn't say to confess him as a distinct person. It just says that you have to confess him. I don't deny the father. I don't deny the son. I just agree the, that they're one. The father and the son identifies them as two distinct persons. No, not if Jesus said, I and the father are one. That would be a contradiction. When he says, I and the father are one, we'll look at that one, man. Uh, that one has actually been used throughout early church history as an apologetic for the Trinity because the word are is a plural verb. That's right. It's actually been used against modalism. Um, by early church fathers, because in the Greek, no one reading that would be able to come to the conclusion that they're one in person, since it's a plural verb. He could have used the singular verb, or he could have said, I I am, I, the father, am one. That's right. That's right. And Marcus, he had no response to that. He, he right, uh, he tried to go to, uh, you know, uh, you know, the the classic text about, he, he thinks saying, I am, I, he, notice it says, I and the father are one. Um, he thinks that proves modalism. It doesn't. It doesn't. But why is this so important? Because of the text read in First um, John two two. 
uh sorry verse john two twenty. let me pull that up first john two why is this a heaven or hell issue no no it's uh first john one twenty, i believe nope <laughs> hold up wait a minute something ain't right um You have been anointed by the Holy One, right to you. Oh yeah, yeah, twenty-three. Sorry, uh, I start at verse twenty. But you have been, a, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. You have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Right? Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Now, uh, Stephen tried to uh, bring out that the issue is that they both have the article. Like, if, if you were to try to say that they are the same thing, same person, you would not use that that uh, that argument. You would not use that gr grammar. <laughs> yeah, early church fathers, what's that? <laughs> right? Uh, I used, Joel uh, says, I used to be UPC, I believe, the Trinity, not man. Give it up for Joel, man. Give it up for Joe. Yeah, if you were trying to say that they were the same person, you would not use that. No one who denies the son has the father. Whoever confesses the son has the father also. Notice, also. If My, my friend, if you just follow the grammar of the Bible... Follow the grammar, follow the pronouns, and not the 2022 version pronouns, right? Follow the pro what we used to think it would pronouns, right? Not in the bio, right? Follow the pronouns. You will see the distinction. Where does it say it's the son or it's a distinct person? Marcus, if you just follow the pronouns, you will deceive they're distinct from each other, not the same person. Very clear. There's no way that, cause see, this is how a modalist will have to understand the passage. No one who denies the father has the father. Whoever confesses the father has the father also. This is absurd. The absurdities of modalism, right? It's absurd that Marcus Rogers, uh, you know, just won't, won't, he, he's blinded by his, his, uh, his tradition. His tradition won't allow him to see it, Right? Notice the warning, though, that John gives. And I want you guys to heed this warning as well. 1 John 2, 26. It says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Those who are trying to deceive you. My friends, we are in a world that's full of deception. And there are people trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and it is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Now, noting the abiding doesn't make you him, as Marcus Rogers says, that's what makes Jesus the father. Um, abide in him, brothers, sisters. Abide in the sun. You know, you know why I'm, 
you, you know, and I know this about many men as well who 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 do what I do. Many ask why why are you so why are you so patient in the in the in the uh, heat of the battle, right when you're being insulted, right when <laughs> everyone knows the infamous Joe Lumen discussion by now. Why why are you so calm, patient? Because I have the truth. What's there to get upset about? I know men will deny this. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> I know men will suppress the truth and unrighteousness. That's what the Bible says. Right? Bars. It's no shock when sinners act like sinners. Right? But how am I to respond? And love, peace, grace. When they're hurling insults, be like be like the one I I say I believe in. Like we say we believe in when they're throwing insults at us, when they reject this, we we know you're going to do it. You're a sinner. You're you're totally depraved. You're totally depraved. Absolutely, you're going to reject it. It's no surprise to me when people reject the doctrine of the Trinity. They need to be illumined. They need they need if this is something God can only give to them. Now, we be as faithful uh, instruments of mercy. May we um, may we uh, plead with them to um, come to the knowledge of the truth. But it can only happen by by God's grace, sovereign grace. That's why I believe in sovereign grace. That is God opening eyes to the blind. We were once blind, as Titus three says. So, man, um, so good. I think I'm going to do one more clip, and I'm going to end on a more funny one. Uh, just because it just shows Marcus Rogers' ignorance. You know, it just shows that if, if you believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, if, if you knew what the doctrine of the Trinity was and you reject it, this would not be the question to ask. Arrows pointing, you know, towards God. That's why I've been asking you, what is here? If they're all working together, are we going to see like three beings, you know, in heaven with their fists touching each other? I believe something... <laughs> It's, it's, I, be, I, I believe it's simply God, three manifestations. Even uh, <laughs> Ben Cart's had to chuckle at that one. You just think they're going to be three beings holding their hands? <laughs> what? We don't believe that. Like, like. What? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What are you, what are you talking about, man? Grace and peace, Rashawn. Good to see you join the party, man. Join the party. <laughs> Yeah, man, you, you uh, denying the Trinity is an essential doctrine. You know, there's been arguments that have been formulated that I agree with. If you deny, if you deny the Trinity, you ultimately have to deny the gospel. The gospel is Trinitarian. You ever thought about that? Our gospel we hold to is Trinitarian. The Father sent the son not himself the father sent the son distinct from himself to die on a bloody cross for sinners and he was raised from the dead a trinitarian resurrection that the bible gives credit to the father raised him the son raised him the spirit raised him he was resurrected and the son sent the spirit to dwell in our hearts causing us to obey ezekiel 36 25 through 27 my friend, this is Trinitarian. Our 
our our Christian life is Trinitarian. Right? Our our Christian life is Trinitarian. May we believe in it, may we love it, and may we defend it, ardent defenders of the Trini Trinitarian gospel. Like I said, we we got about <laughs> uh we got a little under halfway through the clips. Like I said, we're going to end it there as far as uh, the videos that we'll get to. We will go live next week. Uh, let's see. Monday, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. We will go live. I know I know this will a little shock me going later, but I had some things in the day. I had to get done. I had to uh, deal with that. Uh, yeah, I'm about to be moving, y'all. So probably for, I, won't, I don't know, like, Man, after next live, I don't know how long. It might be like a good month before I go live. So what are y'all going to do? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm going to be moving soon. Uh, so I'll be working out that. I'll have my I have my own room, own little studio. Look, I'll be setting it up, going official. I'm going to try to look. I, I got some plans to upgrade a lot of things that we're doing here at the All Things Theology. You know what? More sound effects. Yes. You know, I really need to get me a producer. <laughs> pray for the pray that all things theology podcast will get a producer. Uh, if you're out there, you want to be a, be a help. Hey, let's get it in. But um, but yeah, Trinity is not the doctrine of Christ. So I, I would I would uh, I would disagree with that. Um, like I said, me and brother Rick Caldwell from Rick Caldwell Apologetics have uh, you know, done an extensive video, two hours worth. And, and honestly, we both felt like, wow, we, we left so much out. We, we left so much out. You know, we could literally do about five more of those videos <laughs> and still be scratching the surface. Uh, but check that out, uh, the video on the Trinity me and Rick Caldwell did on my channel. Um, yeah, so much, so much. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll send them all to Rick. Go follow Rick Caldwell, by the way. Subscribe to Rick Caldwell Apologetics. He just got some upgrades. He's going to be doing some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I already have an editor. <laughs> That's right. If you have, if you guys ever read my description, you'd be like, this guy cannot spell. No, I just hate typing. I, I do not like, I'd I like to respond like, this is like where i rather respond. I'm not a writer. Or, you know, I can write, but I'll just do it quickly. I'm like, yeah, this video about Marcus Rogers, hashtag, you know, like, you'd be like, wow, this the guy's got terrible punctuation. <laughs> so, uh, my brother C best is always making fun of me, uh, for my, uh, my grammar. <laughs> Needless to say, he'd be like, you know, you misspelled that, right? I'm like, no, I didn't <laughs> to, but anyways, like I said, going to be having some exciting things coming around to the all things, theology, uh, podcast. So definitely looking forward to it. Favor. Could you do me a favor? If you're watching this, if you're watching could you go to facebook.com slash all things theology, search out uh, for the uh, Facebook page for the podcast, all things theology, um, like the, like the page, stay aware of what's going on the face, Facebook page. I'll try to add, I'll try to add, update uh, there as well. I'll, I'll try to do it on the community page. Not, not everyone sees it. Um, but yeah, like the Facebook page, trying to get that uh, started and going. Like this video right now if you enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? I, let me let me hit them with the remix right quick. And follow me. That's what you tell the haters of your life. You know, if they don't like what you're doing, unfollow you. It's, it, it's, it's that simple. You know, 
That's that simple, you know. Hit with, the, with the bars, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey. But no, man. Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate every one of you who who watch the videos, who love the content, who who uh, support the channel. Uh, definitely are a blessing. Definitely, as Paul said in Romans 1:12, guys of our mutual encouragement. I I hope to encourage you, and I hope that you you can be an encouragement to me. It's you know it's the body of Christ universally, and so. Yes, yes, we we, we got to hit them with the remix, you know. <laughs> we got to hit them with the remix, you know. <laughs> so, thank you guys for watching. Till the next time, y'all. Y'all know how we do it here. Grace and peace. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Hey, till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace.